0: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Every time there's a devastation in your life, every time that you think you're going through some shit, and you know what? Les Brown says in life you're either instantly in a problem, left the problem, or headed toward one. You understand that God is not gonna bless you until you pass the test.
1: And if God gives you a test, puts you into trials and tribulations, and you just want to fucking quit, then God's not gonna bless you. You're not worthy of his blessing. Yeah. If you're persistent, you know, if you have grit, if you persevere, there's blessing always waiting for you. Yeah. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Rise of the Young Podcast. We have the one and only Sam Bactiar with us here today, and I'm excited. We're, we're making the most out of today, brother. I was just on your podcast, now we're getting you on mine, and it's. I've been honestly, I've been following you for a while, and obviously, we got to we got the chance to meet out in Los Angeles at the Breakthrough event, and it's something where your energy and just the way you carried yourself, I was like, dude, I want to get to know this guy. Like, you're very. When you see you and shake your hand, it's a contagious energy that you give off. And I, number one, want to say, I really appreciate you coming on my show and taking the time. And I'm super excited to get into your story for sure. Brother,
2: it's an honor and privilege to be on your show. Thank you
1: for having me. Absolutely. So, I mean, first off, I've done a lot of research on you and I know that you fled from the war in Iran and you have this crazy story that I don't want to spoil yet, but now you are the CEO of 1% Nutrition and the Camp Transformation Center. And it's one of those things where Fitness is a priority to you, and if you're watching this video, you, you can see that. And um, I, I want to first just give people the opportunity to hear the current Sam back to because I think it's something super important whenever I'm listening to a show, as well as I'm sure what you do. I want to know who I'm listening to, right? So give the people some sense of what you spend your time on now. What are you working on? What have you built before we get into the story like, you, like we've done before?
2: Brother, first and foremost, you know, I'm a family. You know, I live for my family. I live to make my children and my wife proud. You know, you know, you know, growing up without a father, you know, I never wanted that for my children. And I want to be the best provider, the best not only provider financially, but provider intellectually, emotionally, you know, in every way of life. So first of all, you know, that's my why, And everything that I've done and accomplished is because of that. You know what I mean? Um, yep. so right, you know, at this moment, you know, I'm the CEO of the Camp Transformation Center. You know, we are an international franchise with 125 locations, wow. you know, um, and I'm also the CEO of 1% Nutrition, which is um, it's our supplement company online. I'm also the CEO of Milo Sport Nutrition, which is our supplement company that serves the camps. You know, um, so this is something that, um, you know, the camp started in um, year 2010. Okay. Here, later, 125 more locations. We've been so many ups and downs, so many travel situations, so many times I failed and literally, you know, you know, lost everything. But you know what? We're here now,
1: dude. That's 125 locations around the world, dude. That's insane. I don't even know that myself. So. I want to start with this, man. So like thinking on where you are now and the story that you've been through, obviously I want to get into where you come from and how you got to where you are. But for people listening today, there's a lot of young entrepreneurs, people that are just starting businesses, people like myself that are 18, 19 years old that are hustling, doing their thing. And real quick before we get into it, I want to give people some like, some reference so like at 18 years old what was Sam doing then because I I want I like to start with this question because it gives people a sense of if they're listening and they're 18 and they're they're going to college or they're thinking about it or they want to start a business just what was your life then and then we'll we'll bring us to that time
2: at 18 I remember ever since I was a little kid my mom told me Sam if you want to be successful in life, you have to go to college you have to become what are the three things you know, doctor, lawyer, man, or engineer. Because if you're not a doctor, lawyer, engineer, you're nobody. You're not really successful. So, in my country, my old country, the old way of thinking is definition of success is, is you get up, go to a career, preferably doctor, lawyer, engineer. You you wear a suit and tie, you know, you get BMW, and you you made it. You know, that was that was yep. the definition of success. So I didn't know anything better. You know, I just knew that I love working out little work now, you know, at a very young age when I was 14 years old. And um, and uh, I, want, I knew I wanted to do something in the workout field. So when I, you know I, I started college at 18, you know my, my mom said I go college, you know,
1: and um, and started started, you know, you know, getting all the all the requirements to for a pre-medicine degree. And also studying like all the stuff that I love, like biochemistry and nutrition, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yep, that's insane. So, and for the people that may have not picked that up, so you you have a doctorate, and you went to college. You did you did that route and just smashed it at the highest level. What was what was that experience for you? Like moving out of it now, being in the the business world, having this massive franchise. Like, do you recommend, or not even recommend, but like. The college route, if someone's sitting here right now thinking, hey, should I go to college? Should I start my business now? As someone that's been through it at the highest level, which I I haven't personally. I I didn't go to college. What would be your take on college? Because I think that's a very valid opinion, and I'd love to hear it. It, it, It's so glad you asked that question. Here's what you have to understand right
2: now in this space. You know, I remember one of my friends came to sign up with me. We're the best of friends right now. And I didn't even know him back then. He came to sign up at my gym and he said, I said, What are do you doing? He goes, Sam, I'm an entrepreneur.
3: I'm like, What the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I didn't understand what entrepreneur was 15 years ago. Yeah. Now, now every fucking body is an entrepreneur, right? Yep. And you have all these, there are true entrepreneurs such as yourself, but there's a bunch of entrepreneurs yep. that, that want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't have the discipline and, 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 and the grits and to be able to do that, right? So if you are, to me, here's my short answer to that. If you're somebody who's hungry, who is disciplined, and
2: I mean fucking disciplined, you're able to stay on course and stay on track and and follow your dreams and not get distracted by the shiny office syndrome and be punctual and and, and meet deadlines, you already have those traits in you, then I think the college might be a waste of time. You know what I mean? Now. Now, if you wanna become an entrepreneur and you, you just can't get out of bed, you wanna to go go to bed late, you know, get up late, you don't have a plan, you don't you don't have a schedule, you just have a fucking big job, I to make dollars, but you don't come get out of bed, you, you don't you, you're not punctual, then you can come to college or you need to go to the military camp. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got you it. gotta have those those yep. traits is needed for you to be a real entrepreneur because real entrepreneur the problem with a real entrepreneur is this you don't have a fucking boss. Yeah. Who's gonna hold you accountable? Who's gonna make you do what you said you were gonna do? Yeah. And a bunch of people right now, oh I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna do this. i give you an example. I'm gonna give you an example. There's a there's a guy, you know, um you know that, that saw my wife pull into Starbucks drive through You know my wife was driving a Rolls Royce. And goes, oh, what do you do? You know, my wife was like, yeah, my, 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 uh, my husband's an entrepreneur and we know some businesses and things like that. And this kid, you know, probably your age, oh I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur too, you know what I mean? And so he messaged me on Instagram. yeah. And <laughs> he messaged me on Instagram, I said, he said, hey man, let me work out with you. I said, All right, tomorrow we'll go at 4 a.m. He shows up at 4 a.m. This is his nap. and he said, Hey Cassie, can I work out with you I'm here at 4 a.m.? The next day he doesn't show
3: up. I and mean, you hear back from for a week or two. Yeah. Then he you know what me. Hey, can I work out with you again? I'm like, no, absolutely not. I said. So why? Because I said you said the next day you be here. You didn't. Yeah. So to me, that that that's you know, constitutive. So you have to understand that if you have those traits, the all you
2: know, college not needed.
1: No, I, I love that man. I love that, and I, I think well, I, I, we'll we'll get into how you develop those traits, but I wanna. I want to take it back to really where everything started for you. Because I know, like I said, I've read the articles and you've said it here yourself. You you come from Iran and there was a massive war going on. And you and your family fled here with $500 to your name. And I I want to hear that because I think for me, that's something where I know Gary says all the time, like it's, and it's an advantage if you utilize it, right? Like for me, I grew up in Virginia. I've had two parents that like great support system and I'm blessed for that. But I think- I'm very genuinely curious in your story and the takeaways that you've had with it and how you got to here in America, what that transition was like, your, your upbringing, your childhood. And I'd love to, for you to just bring us back to like where you were, where you were born and how you got to where you were. We'll get there, but just bring us back to day one, early childhood of Sam.
2: I was born in Taiwan, you know, and when I was three years old, my mom and my dad split you know, you know, from what I understand like that was, you know, a party, a guy, you know, who, you know, who went in and lose paychecks, you know, and, you know, I left us without diapers and food and my mom had to pawn her ring and, and pawn some other stuff to be able to provide for me and all that kind of stuff. So that was a chip on my shoulder. I'm saying that for a reason. Because yep. that was like a complex on my shoulder. That's why I told you earlier that my wife is my kids. Senior, you yeah, yeah, know, yeah. That, uh, yeah. So, 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 so that was, that was you know, growing up, you know, then, you know, I remember one day we were at school, we heard, boom, oh, oh, boom, oh, and everybody said, oh, there's a couple of numbers, we're at war. I'm going like, what? I don't even know what it was. We were starting, you know, Iran and Iraq. rock started attacking us. And from then until age 11, you know, every freaking night I heard sirens that were, whoo, whoo. That means, you know, and just, when, when, you, when you're under attack at war, when, when you're under air attack, you know what they do to the city? You don't know because you haven't been there, they black out the city, they shut down all electricity in the city. Yep. So this way the things don't know where to shoot and where to go, you know what based on landmarks. Yeah. So we had all the blackout in the
3: city, sirens out, you know, we would have, um, we had
2: to go down the bunkers in the basement, open the ballroom, land on us. And we lived a mile away from the room where I literally, they were targeting him. So we are literally
1: in a lot of time I mean literally, at, at two blocks from our house, there was an anti-air missile on the top of the roof of a house. And you'd hear, no way. You know? So literally, literally two blocks up the street, there was an anti-air vessel at the top of the roof of one of the homes because
2: it was shooting at the air and that was trying to shoot on us. So growing you know, up, man, but the thing is when I look back, I didn't know any different. That was my normal life. That's wild. I thought that
3: was normal.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, people were like, do you have PTSD from that? I'm like, nothing nope, I know of. I didn't know any different. You know, when you yeah. grow up at an environment, you think that's your rule, you think that's that's what it is, you know, and again and, and, and that. So at age eleven, you know, at age twelve they were recruiting people to go to the military. They were
1: telling you And, know, and you're them, still in Iran at the time. Yes. Got it. You know, the
2: you know the, the fundamentalist Muslims they were telling you, Hey man, you to to and, if you send your kids to a war and he if he dies so you automatically go to heaven all that kind of, all kind of you know, kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So my mom was like, you know what, I'm to, I don't like only kids to go to work, let's get out of here. So we basically left, with five hundred dollars of luggage, you know, first we went to France, I a refugee award, work, and then from France, we came to America. And when I, we were coming to America, you know, I thought we were going to Beverly Hills because I was watching American shows. You know, <laughs> you know they were showing, you know, Casey, Goodson, you know, some these shows, but back then, that shows called Dallas, Dynasty and the 18, right? Yep. And those were like Kardashians and stuff today,
3: you know, where you see like they have these mansions, everybody has this crazy lifestyle, and everybody has Bentley's and Cadillacs and people so I saw them put them in their home, and, and so I thought it was going to Beverly Hills, but nobody showed me the hood in the pits of the United States. Yeah. So we got dropped up at Pittsburgh Airport, mom picked us up and took us to a little town we lived in. Called Sheriff Pennsylvania, which
2: is, you know, in 1985. To this day, I think there's like four minorities live there right now. Okay. But in 1985, there was no minorities. I was the only minority. It was in the middle of all the stillness shutting down. The stillness industry was struggling. And it was the middle of crack crack cocaine epidemic. And my uncle had a convenience store in the fucking hood. I'm talking about in the worst area of.
3: I've ever seen it in my life to that day, yeah. you know, the, the road wasn't paid, there was signs that said, no loitering or you get arrested, you can't hang out on the street, you know, and it was, it was, and outside of the store, there was pits, prostitutes, and drug dealers, mm-hmm. and
2: I was like, wow, so I didn't speak English very well, so we went to, you know, seventh grade to sign up, I said, I want to learn how to, you know, I'm going to go to seventh grade, I want to learn how to speak English, I want to play football, yeah, yeah. and they're like, and they're like, football? And I'm like, yeah, football. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah, this is it. I'm like, no, 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 no. My English is not that good, but I know this is the foot, this is the ball. They're like, no, 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 what you're talking about is soccer. We don't have a soccer team, you know, but we have a football team, a baseball team, and a basketball team. Well, to this day, Casey, I have no idea what baseball is all about. You know, I'm a big football fan, a very big football fan now. But back then, I didn't know what it was. Okay. So I was the basketball team. I had I was, I was, I was a. I played sports all my life, right? So when I did that, you know, um I got cut from the basketball team. Cause I've never played basketball before. You know, I tried out. It was one of the most devastating things in my life.
3: Okay. okay. Think about it for a second. Not having a father, and now
2: I'm coming to a new country, I got cut from the basketball team, I got dev- that's two devastations, right? Two yep. devastations, the war, third, third devastations, you know, and then I think, you know, um so I went home crying to my mom. I said, Mom, I hate this country. Nobody likes
3: me. I don't have any friends. I don't speak the language. You know, I don't know their sport. I didn't make the team. Everybody's
2: making fun of me. I don't have the same clothes as everyone else. I have cheap shoes. Everybody's making fun of my pale shoes. Yeah. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you're from Virginia. You know, the Metallic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, small town, You know, so um, then um, my mom was well, that's not, we don't have that choice. The choice is you go after school to the boys club, get better at basketball, and try make sure. So that's what I did. So I started going to the boys club uh, for, for a month or so, uh, paid last I started getting better. But then, you know, one day as I was walking, I saw these guys that we were going upstairs and coming down from this stairs, this little room upstairs. And it was a um it, it was, you know, these guys looked like Arnold. Okay. You know, and, and rocky, and they had muscles and
1: was, Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, I wanna look like them. I went upstairs one day to see what's going on.
3: Man, there was a bunch of old steel workers with like we like got boots, we got boots on,
2: and they were just like lifting insane weight, chewing tobacco, spitting, slap <laughs> each other, fucking like, listening to some obscene music, and and just it was a man's man's gym. Yeah, yeah. You know, all busted weights, craziness, you know. And uh, you know, I was I was 120 pounds soaking wet. I have a question genetics. I had small arms small chest and a big back up you know <laughs> I would leave I would wait for them to leave every day and I would go up there and I would start working out next know, after a few months I started seeing some differences and I started feeling better about myself I fell in love with bodybuilding and lifting weights because not only would it make me feel better on the outside I started looking better and people started noticing me and know that
3: but all of a sudden my self esteem went up my self yeah, confidence yeah. went up the way I carried myself before, but right there and then I knew that that's going to be what I'm going to do the rest of my life, right? I need that, but unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, my mom always said, i says I was okay, you have to be a doctor or an engineer. So, yep. so, as I was graduating college, I'm like, well, I don't want to operate on anyone. I don't want to drill somebody's teeth. This is not what I'm going to do. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out what well, doctor has to do with muscles and bones and nutrition, and I don't have to do that. I did my research. I saw that chiropractic was the best option. Yep. So after
2: I graduated from Penn State with my pre-med degree. I went to Los Angeles College of Chiropractic. You know, got my doctorate degree. This whole time I started bodybuilding since I was 18. You know, and, yep. and, I out, and throughout the whole time in college, you know, I started bodybuilding, winning bodybuilding shows, going up the ranks and going up the ranks. And once I graduated from, you know, chiropractic, got my doctorate degree, I gave my diploma to my mom. My mom. I have a picture of my mom holding my diploma like this. <laughs> like my mom this, you know, the challenge. Yeah, yeah. Time. You know, I told my mom, I said, "Look, I, this is your diploma. Go talk to all your, go drag, you know, drag to all your friends that you started the doctor. That's what you wanted. Yep. Can I borrow twenty thousand dollars? I had twenty thousand saved up for my thing. Yeah, because I wanted to open a gym. So I borrowed twenty thousand from my mom, put in my twenty thousand, and I started my first facility right here in Chino. Wow. In February fifteenth
1: of two thousand. Two thousand? Wow. That's my year. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's
1: my <pretty> cool, right? <laughs> I was born two thousand, so that was okay. I just want to give context to the people listening. Yeah, you know, so I you know, I started my, my first gym, you know, and wow. I didn't know anything about marketing basically. I didn't know anything about business. I just knew about human body, I knew about and you know, and how to use also biomechanics. Okay. So I just sheer you know, just loving to help people. I started growing the business, and growing the business, and growing the business, and growing the business, business. And then once you know, I started. Okay, man, I'm gonna get married here pretty soon. I'm gonna start a family. Maybe I need to take this more seriously. And I don't want this to be something that's gonna
2: support my bodybuilding career. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, so for me, I was cool making enough money to do my bodybuilding, have a little self, have a nice car, have a house, but that's it. Yeah. But now I need to I take it to the next level. That's where I started. You know, getting mentors getting coaching yeah. started learning about marketing started learning about um, you know persuasion you know started learning about sales tactics and optimizing everything and I started you know going seminars and getting mentors I started blowing it up till I started building up exponentially every year so you know in 2007 I was doing 2.4 million dollars gross revenue from a 3,000 square foot facility wow but then the recession hit, and nobody told me. I never knew about ups and downs in the economy. I never had a dad. Nobody told me what yeah. goes up must come down because in 2007, you know, my ego got pretty inflated. You know, I was making what I thought was good money, mm-hmm. you know, but what I
3: thought, oh my God, you know, you know I'm, I'm from Sheriff Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, like you said before, you know, you can make $18,000, $20,000 a
1: year, you right? Yeah. You know, you
2: make, make $50,000 a year over there. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I'm 20 grand a month.
1: Yeah, I get So I'm going, like, you can't tell me nothing. Yep, you could pay oh, nothing. I made it 20 grand
2: a month. Nobody's sharing those 20 grand yep. a month. You know, I'm going right in the
3: whole town, you know, you know. And, and so then,
2: like I guess I started getting careless with my investment, careless with my spending. You know, I was going out fucking talking about bottle service, act like P. Diddy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No dumb shit. Until you know the economy hit, and that was another devastation that just punched me in the mouth. Punched me in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. That I'm do two point four million dollars. Literally, you know, a year later I'm doing six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand. So I lost one point eight million dollars revenue in one year for the same overhead. Wow. You know, and I remember taking my wife to lunch. My wife is pregnant with our first six months pregnant. At lunch, I'm crying to her. It's not fucked up. We're negative $314 in our account. Payroll is due in 20 days. Mm. And I have nothing. So now, all the time that I want to become a super dad, now it's to me taken away, right? Yeah, it's and because your kids
1: are just about it's six months pregnant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now I don't you know so what to do. Because now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be just not the dad I had. I'm not gonna be able to do anything, I'm not gonna be able to do anything, I, I'll, I'll be a dead dad, Sam, you know, all these negative thoughts.
2: So what I did it was I went and I just was like i, I, I knew what be best. I do what I do best fucking work. I started working 19, 20 hour days, trying to turn things around, nothing's happening, turn things around, nothing's happened, nothing, 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 nothing's happening until you know in, in 2010, you know, you know, Ali, was a hundred fund my business partner now, approached me and said, Sam, let's open up a boot camp. I'm like, you okay. can't. Like, like, those are just, you know, the, the, the aerobics classes. Yeah. And, she, and I'm like, I'm not interested.
3: She was looking on Sam. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get rid of this chick real quick. I give her like a list of shit to do. A list. I'm like, I'm going to lose her, right? And she uh, put When I give her a list of stuff to do, the next day she came and got it done. I said, you know what? I want you to do more stuff. She got it done. Now I'm stuck. I got it. I got to follow through with my work.
1: Yep. Right. I only had $11,000 bank. Yeah. You know, so, so I said, said Ali, I have $11,000 on a bank now. She was, I'll take of So she said, 9,000 of it. I said, okay, you can go do your thing. So she started the camp. We
2: literally had no floor and concrete floors, just a watch, yeah. a CD. And we started it, just like we started it. Just yeah. With nothing. Yeah. Next thing you know, the camp record started going up. Going up, going, up, going, up, going, up, going up and up and up and up. Next thing you know, we're now having two locations, three locations, four locations, five locations. And next thing you know, we have other people that are interested in opening up their own camps. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and, and it's getting, you know, it's getting crazy now. And now we're an international franchise, 125 locations, and this.
1: F- dude. You said 40 million? 40 million. Wow, man, dude, that is. I don't even know what to say to that, man. Uh, It it blows my mind too. So I I wanna I wanna pinpoint this. So you're having so much success, and then everything falls. You're negative three hundred dollars in your account. Like I want you to tell the people listening, like what's going through your mind in that moment, because like that's that's something that stuck out to me. Of like someone's listening, and maybe they haven't had the success, but maybe they're they're passed on their bills, but it's you guys, you, you've had this massive success, you've tasted it, and then you lost it all. And I think that's, that's something that you only get through experience, right? So like, during that moment of full uncertainty, like what was the motivation that like brought you back into gear that you have a kid coming soon and you have negative $300 payrolls up next? Like you're at, like you just said, the, the worst of the worst when you, you, your whole goal was to be this dream dad. And I think for me, that was, that was definitely one of the highlights throughout that story. What you just said was like. I'm sure that was one of the, the hardest moments of everything. And I, th- I'd wanna, I wanna touch on that and go more in depth on that because I think it's, there's a lesson to be learned whether someone has had success or they're just in that negative situation now and haven't had success. It's, it's, there's, there's a mentality that you need to have or create to, to go from where you are now to where you wanna be. And I, I'd love to get your point of view on that.
2: So so I'm sitting there, you know, like I said, my, my, my bank account is overdrawn by $315. I have $20,000 in in literally two weeks, and I don't know what to do. So, at this point, at this time, you know, what what is going through my mind is like this. Sam, you know, you're not gonna be like your father. You're not gonna be another guy who's gonna have kids and not be able to provide the best of life. You're just not gonna do that. I didn't have a game plan. I didn't know what to do, but I understood that I will not allow that. It's absolutely a no-no in my, in my world. You know, my yep. whole reason, my whole existence, my whole identity is to be the best provider for my family. That's not who I did. Yep. You know what I mean? If you take that away from me, you took my whole heart Yep. You know, you know I live to provide for my wife and my children, like I said, in, in every way possible. You know, and so I went to work. And all I did was work 20 hours, 21 hours, 22 hours, sleep was an option. You know, and I went and tried to do whatever I can to turn this around. And for those people who are listening to this, look, you have to understand that in life, you are gonna get knocked down. You are gonna get punched straight in the fucking face. You know, you are gonna be against the ropes. That's what's gonna happen. This is how you deal with it. You can't just sit down and just be, you know, have a self-pity, you know, for too long, hey look, do I have my bitch moments? Yes, I have my bitch moments, I have my self-pity moments just like anybody else. I'm not the rah-rah guy 24-7, weeks. I still have doubts, I still have things that I
3: deal with, that my wife, I, I can't lose, I'm not, I need to come here with all the, the positive, oceans yeah. shoot, you fucking lose, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. So yep. if I have a bad day, if I have a really bad day, do so you know what i will do, the worst that's going to happen? I just fucking have a fucking, I have some pizza, and I fucking go to sleep. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow I get up, it's a holy fucking day, I'm ready to take it on. and I, I approach it that okay, if I need to be here, and I'm here now, what the fuck do I need to do every single day to, to check at it, to mm-hmm. check at it, and ask for work? Here's the problem. If you thought I was devastating, something lot more devastating happened. After.
1: Okay, what was that? Okay. And,
2: and, and so, I told you my identity, right? Yep. My identity, uh, to be a husband, to be a father, to be a business provider. So when I was down, all I did was go to work, go to work, go to work, go to work, go to work trying to, to try to figure out a different program, try to figure out a different thing, try to figure out a different funnel, try to, you know, you know, just try everything out there to try to make things meet, right? So that was a period of between 2009 and 2014. Okay. Which I was, and I would come home after working 18, 20 hour days, and I would sit on the couch. My ex wife was trying to talk to me, and I wouldn't even hear it. Because I was just, it was almost like PTSD, right? Yeah. Like I was just in the zone trying to figure out what I wanted to do, right? Yeah. And I remember we got in a fight, an argument. I'm at work. I'm starting to see Casey, I'm starting to see the money coming back. I'm starting Get back on my feet, you know. At that, at that time, my house was being foreclosed on. I was late two years on my payment wow. on the house. I'm starting to get back on my feet. It's starting to look better. And they said about work, sir. Got papers for you to sign. And I was like, what? I looked. they the divorce papers. Wow. And now I'm going like what? I'm going like what? And then she's like, wow, I want you to move out the house. This is over." And I'm going like, "What?" So I'm forty years old. My house was being foreclosed on for two for two years because I was two years late on my payment. I was broke as a joke from two thousand nine to two thousand fourteen. I'm talking
3: about broke as a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, just being able to you know
2: feed the family and, and, and keep the us a Nothing out luxury, right? And then all of a sudden, when I started seeing it, it would come back. <clears throat> get hit with that. So wow. I go. I go stay in a hotel room. You know, if you ever been to Chino Hills those hotel I mean one there's a there's a sheet hotel and Chino Hills, Okay. You know, and I, and, I, and I said, all right, I'm going to stay here for a month, see what happens. You know, and one month, turned to two months, two months, three months, three months, four months, we're not getting back. One like, those I need to in the park. And I remember me in that hotel room. You know, 40 years old, just got out of being broke, and now I lost my family. Mm. You know, and that was the most devastating. That's, that's where I became a beast. Okay. Because I, you know, I said, Sam, okay, you lost your family now. You live in a hotel. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? <clears throat> you know, my, my, my natural instinct was go back to what I was doing when I was single. Watch the club, start drinking, chase women, go to strip club, make it rain, or be a dumbass. You know what? I, mean? yeah. I don't want to do that. So, what are my top priorities? I sat down and said, "You know, my top priority is number one: be with my children. But I can't be with my children because now we have joint custody. Yeah. I see them on Wednesdays and on the weekends. So, if I'm not with my children, what am I going to do? If I'm not with my children. Then I'm going to provide for my children." So I recommitted myself going back in the gym, and every second that I wasn't with the kids, I was working, literally working. And that's when we started building up the camp. If you look at the camp, we only had like 10 locations in 2014, and from 2014 to now, like, we, we added like 115 locations. Yeah. Because <laughs> I went all in to work. I went all in. I had nothing better to do. I said, if, I was, if I'm not going to, you know, be with the kids, I might as well just fucking work and build up. Wow. Again. Let's let, let let's. I want to go back. I want to get thoughts Yeah, yeah. If you look at the war, if it wasn't because of the war, I would have came to the United States. If it wasn't because of that a dad, I would be a super dad than I am now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really got that, that dad at once. I I, I'm, I overcompensate for it. Yeah, right? yeah, you know what I mean. If it wasn't because of the economy. You know, you know, get people close. I want to learn about the finances that I do now. I want to make decisions that I make now. Yep. And I sure as hell, you know, would have stayed in a marriage that I, that I was not happy at just for the sake of yep. I would have met my wife that I have now, which is my love, my, my everything. Yep. So going back, if you, look, if you guys are listening to this, every time there's a devastation in your life, every time that you think you're going through some shit, and you know what? Les Brown says in life, you either in, in a problem, left the problem, or headed toward it. But this is life. Just get used to it. You get yep. used to it. I don't care if you're a billionaire. I don't care if you're a millionaire. I don't care if you're a the book. This is just life, right? Yep. Just understand that God is not going to bless you until you pass the test. And if God gives you a test, puts you into trials and tribulations, and you just want to fucking quit, then God is not going to bless you. You're not worthy of his blessing. Yeah. If you're persistent, you Know if you have grit, if you persevere, there's blessing always waiting for you. Yeah, you just, have to, you just have to show that you're working.
1: No, that's that's insane, my man. I, I want to kind of break this down because I think hearing like going from the 125 locations, 40 million dollars in revenue to being in a war and going from Iran to America like you've lived multiple lives it it seems like right like so many different identities and so much success but also you've had the worst of the worst and I think for people listening like when you say working and hustling and even when it comes to just running a business like where do you think you had the edge for example is it that you've had the right business partners is it because you've you, is it the the product itself? Was that the thing that you were able to to sell relentlessly? Like for you, when it comes to scaling from five, ten locations to then now having one hundred twenty five, what is it from like a core business philosophy that you believe has allowed you to scale? Maybe is it is it the the relentless to face your fears and scale beyond measures when you didn't know willing what it was? Risk. Willing
2: to take risks. Okay. And it's always been I'm willing to risk. Okay. You know, you know, you know I, I'm almost the only one that's, that's willing to try
1: anything. I'm not like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? It fails or fails? Yeah. You know what I mean? not saying
2: oh my God, it's not going to work, it's not going to work, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. You know, and so I would say the willingness to take risks. Okay. And the willingness to fail yep. it, 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 it is what, what, what has
1: made me who I am. I got, and do you think, I'm just thinking, because in terms of like the scalability of the business, was social media uh, a pr- like, a valuable resource to scale, or how has social media played a role? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, Casey.
2: Back in the day when I was your age,
1: yep. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I was your age, you know, if we wanted to scale that big, the only way we could scale that big is through television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and, then, and then I was competing with Coca Colas and Pepsi Colas and Chevrolet and, and companies who had billions of dollars, so a little guy like me couldn't. Yeah and there's no way I can compete with the, with the big boys on national television, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. At these right now, you can go in, you know, put a video up, you
2: can shoot the video yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can target it with laser precision. Who wants to see it? What interest do you have? Where they want to live? Never in the world, never in the history of the world, has been so easy to make fucking money to,
3: than it is today. Yeah. So if you're down there and you're fucking broke, it's because you have a choice to be broke. Yep. you don't want to band up, all you have to do
1: is solve that problem and find out who, how to target people with social media.
2: Yeah, yeah. social media, man.
1: Yep, 100%, 100%. So, so when did you start building, I know I, we talked about this on your show as well, Personal brand, obviously you have a massive audience personally now, and obviously you're, you're running your companies. When did you start building you as an individual on social media, getting your story out there? Because obviously it's such a, an amazing story that I'm, it's impacted hundreds, if not millions of people. When did that, I would say, decision take place to say, hey, I need to tell my story online? I'm so glad you
2: say that, man. so glad you can say that because I didn't even get it into it until later stages. Okay. You know, I didn't even get into later stages. You know, I was all you know, I was always the kind of person. Well, you know, my story. Who cares about my story? You know, you know, and for so
3: you, somebody's watching this right now. They're like, well, my story is not that interesting. I'm pitching something interesting. Yeah. So somebody out there they can recognize you, and they can and, and, and you're relatable to them. You know, what I mean, just because you don't think it's interesting, it is interesting to some people, and I guarantee
2: that. And a personal brand. I was talking to Dan Flachman. Yeah. You know, you, are know you're good friends with them. And that says whether you like it or not, you have a personal brand. Yep. Friend. You know, really like it or not, you are, and, and, and it is, and it's so true. Yep. But here's the, when I really got serious about getting my message out there and growing my personal brand about who I am, what I stand for, what I've been through, was literally about in year.
1: That's so wild. <laughs> you know, literally, that's where, that's where I became. i started doing that.
2: There, a year ago, I started it. About six, seven months ago is when I actually decided to hire a group. Yeah. You no, know, because I don't know all this camera shit and all i yeah. like, I don't know that. Yeah. I just smart people like working for me. Yep. You know, I got you know working work, work, work with me. I got Arturo working with me. I, you know, I have uh, you know Kevin working with me. I have um, you know uh, Alexander working with me. So these guys are people you know that, that come in that are a lot smarter and help me. You know, get my message out. But honestly, if I know what I know now. And that's why when he told me
3: about you know that new app, yeah, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, you know, told me about TikTok. You know, I'm like this. I'm like, you know, the only thing I wish
1: is if I would have got into the Instagram game way before I did. I really got into literally look over a year ago. That's crazy. Look over a year ago. Wow. You know what I mean?
2: And, and, and I'm like, wait a second. If I would have got into the game when you got in. You know, I would have been so much more ahead. I would have done so much better. But now, when
1: somebody like you told me this, I take it, I take it for sure. I don't how to regret it. I don't to it. Okay. No, that, that's a year ago, too. So I, I'd like to say this. So, when it comes to the correlation between your personal brand and your business, what has been the significant? Is there, has there been an advantage? Has Do you think it's helped? your company overall or how has having a personal brand allowed your company to grow? Or what's been the repercussion of it? Because I think I I talk on it a lot and I want people to understand how it's worked for someone at your scale. Let me
2: make this very simple for all the readers and all the listeners of your podcast. You know, your company is never gonna outgrow you. Okay, so by you, and also let me give you another nugget. People want to do business with people. Yep. Not with companies. Okay? So yes, I sell a franchise called the Camp Transformation Center. Yes, you know, I have a supplement company. But they're not buying a camp because they can't. They're buying a camp because of my personal brand, because of my business partner's personal brand, and because of who we stand and what we want. There's a billion other franchises out there. There's a billion other subway companies
3: out there. You know, you, you buy first form not because it's first form. You buy first form because my end is and what he stands behind it. Yep. And what he does and you know, what he represents. Bottom line, man, I and mean, if you're not getting into Building your personal brand, and you're not doing that every day. You're leaving a lot of money down from the table, and if I don't even care if you have a product right now or you don't have a product right now, you have done set. You at all time need to be building
2: your personal brand at all time.
1: I love it. I love it. No, I, I, and I want people to understand that because obviously, as you know, like that's that's been what's given me the opportunities to talk to people like yourself and to to be in these different circles of successful people is having a brand. And I, I, I want to take a step back too in terms of. The business. what would you say in terms of like getting to a hundred franchises? What was the mentality or the daily habits that had to change to scale? Whether you have 10 locations and then a hundred, I'm sure there's, there's different time management, there's different habits, there's different things that you need to do on a daily basis. There's different ways you need to think. So like for you today, like what has been the growth of daily habits and how do you operate day to day? Cause I think that's always even my question of like, how do you get from where you are today, and what do you have to do, or who do you have to become to get to where you want to be? And you've you've been through that process, so I'd love for you to break that down to us. So, so for me, it's always
2: been reverse engineering the goal. Yep. To, to 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 the smallest time amount that you can possibly do. You know what I mean? You know. So let's just say somebody wants to lose hundred pounds. I I don't know somebody or somebody wants to make X amount of money. Okay. What do you need to do every single day to get towards it? Yep. Towards get Towards it. Get towards it? You reverse engineer it to a year, you reverse engineer it to a month, to, to, to six months, to a month, then to a week, then to a day, then to an hour, and to a minute. You yep. know what needs to be done every single day. And that's what the problem with a lot of people not hitting the goal is because they don't have an exact plan. An exact plan is a daily ritual. Daily ritual that's gonna get you towards chip away towards the goal and getting into get getting get get towards it. And it has changed. You know, we realize
1: that. When, when we started scaling, realized that we're no longer in the gym business. Yeah, okay. We're, we're in the franchise business. We have to realize that we're just, we need to now support our franchisees, not worry about putting up our own more gyms and our own thing.
3: Yeah. That, that was a huge shift now that kind of like took us a whole different direction. And in business, you have to understand that you either evolve or you perish.
1: Yep. 100%, no, that, that makes sense. So so when you're thinking at it from a franchise model now, like for example, I walk through the process, if someone wants to become a franchisee, like what is what is the process? Because I think if people don't understand that business model, I want to give them some like tactical information. Maybe they want to get into the fitness space or maybe they just want to know more about like, hey, if I was to start a franchise one day, like how does that work? I'd love to get some insight on that. So, so you
2: have two choices to go when you want to do business, right? You, you, you know, there's, there's really three choices. You say you want to be in a fitness business. You can go work for somebody that has a fitness business and become an employee. Because yep. we don't want to answer entrepreneurship. Right? Yep. Or, or, or two, you know, go open up your location, go open your location, call it Casey, you know, Casey's Gym. Yep. You know, yep. And, and 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 then go through all the trials and tribulations of kind of learning things on your own and 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 and, and failing on your own. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Or you're like, you know what? You know, I'm going to prove a system. Yep. I want a proven system. I want to have something that has a standard operating procedures. I don't want to figure this shit by myself. You know, if somebody's already doing it and successful, I want to be able to get that system and, and emulate it and have it. And that's where the franchising comes. That's why people buy McDonald's. That's why people buy, yep. you know, the Cam or any franchise out there because they have a proven business model. Got and it. so so we already, like I said, we already made all the mistakes, We already have done, We come in, we can you everything from A to Z so you can enjoy what you're doing. You know, and if
3: somebody wants to say, for example, you're interested, anybody's interested, they go, they apply online, you know, they have a an application, Then obviously we got to figure out what, where, what locations are interested in it. that territory is available, yep. that territory is available, you know, we we'll
2: do a background check, you know, we we'll do a financial, financial check, we we'll do an interview, and if it's the right fit, then we we'll sell the territory and then the, and the, the whole uh, planning process starts.
1: God, that that's that's interesting, and and I I want to switch it up real quick too. So like, as as successful and you've became so just a whole different person than where you're originally from. So like, what does your family or your peers or the people that you grew up with, maybe that's your mom or whoever it is, like, when they look at what you've been able to build today, like, how does that make them feel? Going back to the main point of family, and I know we spoke about this as well in terms of like. Seeing someone take the chance, go for it. Maybe you, people believe in you, maybe they didn't. Like how, how, is, how has how your family been affected and how do they think on what you do? Like is it just something where they're like, what the heck happened? Like what what would you say that's been like in your life in terms of like the seeing what's you've been able to build? What's been the of
2: course every one of them right now says, Sam, you know, I knew you were make I, I i knew you were made. Yeah. And, but I'm not sure if that's the truth. You know, yeah, yeah. You know I, I, there was a time that my mom was like,
3: like you know, you need know, to borrow money again. Jesus Christ, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, um, you know and, and like I said, we, we don't come from
2: an entrepreneurial family. We don't come from that. So I was the one, I was always the black sheep of the
3: family. I'm the person God, who shapes his arms and shapes his body. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought I was gay. Yeah. I mean, like, oh my god, my son is gay. Like, oh my god, shave your arms and stuff like that. i you know, and and not. We come from a very, very,
2: very close-minded, ignorant thinking. Okay. You know, you know, we, that's just our family. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, everything has to be a certain way.
1: Yep. And 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 when they see, you know, you know, don't eat the same food as they do.
2: Because I want, to, I want to look a certain way or I don't, you know, I don't want
1: to sit down and watch TV all day or I don't want to play cards and games all day. Yeah. You know, that's, just weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. So I want you to, I want you to answer this. So like nowadays when it comes to your network and the people that you're around, obviously we, we met at an event, we spoke at the event together at, and you, you have quality people in your life, whether that's people like Andy Frisella or people like we've talked about Joel Marion and, Just this network of people in this industry, in this space... How, how did you build this world-class network of people, whether, whether that's mentors or just associates? Because for me, that's been the biggest difference, and I think a lot of young people listening, you know, they want that, they wanna change their influence because maybe they're around people that are partying every day and doing drugs and not they don't have goals or it doesn't match their future and their plan. So for you, like number one, like, how have you built your network? And number two, what would you say to someone young that's looking to get out there and expand their horizons and meet new people, but truly build a support system in a circle of influence that can propel them forward.
2: You know, I've soon learned that if I'm the biggest fish in the pond, I'm not inspired. I'm not inspired. You know, I would like to be inspired. I want to live an inspired life. Yep. I don't. I don't want to have the best house in the neighborhood. You know, I don't want to have. You know. You know. I want to be richest man on the block. I want to look and be like God. Yeah. God, i wonder what this guy God, that So I've never been that. So for me, you know, all my life, Casey, I was along the wrong associations mostly. I'm from Pennsylvania. you know where we I'm from? Yeah, yeah. I'm that, I mean, that mentality, people standing on the fucking porch, sitting, sitting on the cows on the porch, drinking and fucking talking shit everybody. I'm yeah, body, right? yeah. Or they do, you know what I mean? So I want to take my mindset to the next level. I had to change my association, I had to go, Around people who inspire me, you know, around people who are doing better, than me, are, are 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 people that are where I want to be. Yep. So basically
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So, what was the first step in that direction that allowed you to do that?
2: Going go, go to, go to events, Going to seminars. Going to, go, go to around like-minded people and out. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, if you, I mean, I'm gonna give you an example. I don't know if
3: it's a right example or a wrong example, but I'm, you know, let's just say that you're looking for a wife. Uh-huh. Right. You know, you know, that's what you want to
2: do. Like, you know, where do you go? Do you go to a half hour nightclub in Hollywood to look for water? I don't think that's the right idea. You might find the wire, but it's probably the not right wife. The- like, yeah. You know, or do you go, you know, or do you go, you know, in, in a place where, you know, how you go to a grocery go to a healthy grocery store, or go to church, or go yeah. a- somewhere other nice. So you gotta do something in in a favorable environment. It's so hard. It's- this is something I'm I
3: learned from one of my mentors. Yep. I want people to learn this and write this
2: down. Listen this right now, you know that it's so hard to do
3: the right thing in the wrong environment. Mm.
1: that's deep. That's so true. That's. I have a couple more questions as well, and and I want to say this in terms of looking back at some of the your failures, and if someone's listening today, and they, and they just not even they don't feel stuck but they're like wow like they're, they're playing this game of comparison i think i i spend a lot of time with young people and people that are my age and like they, they see maybe they see it and they believe they can do it but looking back what would you tell that 18 year old that's confused that's lost that has no skin in the game in any sort of business venture or just getting on social media this is like you said on, on your show of someone's just completely unaware of the opportunities today where do they start with you seeing the environment of what it is today with social media and the people to follow like what would you say to someone that's 18 19 about to maybe go to college or they graduated high school someone that's been through anything from having a doctorate to losing and having negative in your bank account to having 125 franchises to being in a war zone like you've you've seen so many different environments and you've stood the test of time to understand the mentality that it takes. And so looking back and that that 18-year-old that they don't know what to do next, what do you tell somebody is step one to move in the right direction? You know, the first thing first is this, man. You gotta do what makes your soul happy. Because whether it's, you know, you can't just do things because I'll make money, i make money, i make money. And at the end of the day, you have to love what you do. Yep. Now find, find what you love to do and become the best at it. And when you do that, the money is going to follow with it. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I knew that I want to become bodybuilder. I want to help people lose weight. You know, you know, get in shape. You know, build muscle. That's all I wanted to do. And I became the best at it. I bought every book. I went to every seminar. If you come to my library, there's half of them personal development books and half of nutrition workout books.
3: Yeah. I you know, I became the master of that. And, you know, when you're starting out, understand this. You are going to fail. And there's nothing wrong with failing. Yeah. You know, one, one thing that Grant Cardone said a few months ago, and I know it on his video that and I was like, you know what, Grant? I don't know with you everything you say, but this is pretty fucking cool. Right? Yeah. He said, in baseball, you get three strikes and you're out. In life, you get the limited screens. Yeah. So, oh, why the fuck
1: do you stop swing? Yeah. You keep, swinging, you keep 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 swinging, and I guarantee you, sooner or later, you're going to hit it out of the park. Yep. You're going to get out. It's not, it's not matter if, it's just a
3: matter own way. Yeah. It's, yes, if you don't swing, and you don't swing, and after a couple of times you fail, and you go, you go back to your little corner, find a little bitch, oh my God, you know, I'm failure, not
2: failure, i failure, you're to move. Yep. You know, understand that failure is part of success, man. I, I tell people this. You go know, on my website, I have nothing to fucking, you know, I have nothing to hide. I've been divorced. I've been arrested. I've been bankrupt. You know, you know, I've been my house has been foreclosed on. Yeah. You know, I uh, man, you know, I've I'm taking drugs. I've been I've been the worst of the worst and, and, and I didn't even become a real man until I was 32. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I don't think I even remember my first personal development until I was thirty. Yeah, you know, and so if you're like only, you're 25 to 29, I don't give a fuck if you 40. I remember, I remember um, going to, you know, one of my uh, one of my clients uh, what, couldn't pay her rent at one of her gyms. Okay, and I told, you know, and I told her I'll go to talk to a landlord with her. So we went to the landlord, and the landlord was a Jewish guy in Beverly Hills. You know, he owned blocks, blocks. Of yeah. land and everything possible, <laughs> you know. And I remember, you know, sitting in the waiting room, and I remember this older gentleman come out, and we were both on our phones, and he smiled and he goes, "Wow, this looks like nobody communicates anymore." You know, you guys are just on your phone. He had a great aura about it. Yeah. Then later on, another young, little younger man comes out, and come to out, the younger, the older man was the younger man's dad. Okay. Well, he was the landlord.
3: And I, as I was telling him, I said, look, you know, I forgot his name. I said, Mr. So-and-so, look, we're not trying to
2: chip you. My client right now, you know, this rent doesn't make sense for her. She, you know, this rent is way over what the business needs to be and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And he said, no, Sam, I, said, I understand. Thank you so much for coming and telling me for being transparent about it. He goes, let me tell you something. He goes, my dad was 50 years old. I think the old gentleman. My dad was yeah. 50 years old when we got a knock on our door. I get a and get evicted from a building. He said, I looked at my dad. I said, Dad, aren't you worried? And, and he looked at his son, and said, You know what? Son, I made it before. I know how to make it back again. Mm. That was 50. Now, these guys own
1: streets in Beverly Hills. I'm yeah. talking about a half a billion dollars, half about a million billion dollars,
3: half a billion dollars in building in Beverly Hills and the guy was 50 years old being evicted. So wow. I don't want to hear about someone's self-pity or, oh, I'm too old or I'm doing this. So as long as you have a dying you know, desire, as long as
2: you have a will, to grit, and a willing to go through the pain, are willing to fail, are willing to do
1: whatever the fuck it takes for you to be, go to where you want to go. And I don't wanna hear just Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I have I have one more question before we wrap it up and that is from a from a day to day basis, I know that you said earlier, when when it comes to the time you wake up to the the information you have in your mind, I'd love to get like from your perspective, what is some content or things you do remember maybe it's a podcast you listen to or a book that you would recommend as like the top thing that if someone reads this it'll sharpen their mind i'd love to get to some of the the content or information that you listen to that you that you'd, that you'd recommend as like if someone would say hey sam recommended this to me and it could make my life better what would that one book or one podcast be okay so i love i love Ed and my life and podcast
2: yep you know what I mean? You know, I, I mean, I, I love it. You know what I mean? And he's and a little more entertaining because Andy just, you know, cusses all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean that keeps
3: me. I know some for it, but I like that. Yeah, shit.
1: yeah.
2: You know, it keeps me on my fucking toes, right? So, so I do that. I listen to Tony Robbins everything. Matter of fact, I got mean, Tony Robbins CDs from
3: back in the day. Bunch of CDs. I literally just bought a Walkman. A, a, a CD. Let's go. So when I
2: go take the dog for a walk, every going for two miles, and listen to Tony Robbins CDs and it's reinforcing everything. But let me tell you, man, I mean, if if I'm gonna recommend a book
1: to your audience, because your audience is a little younger, I will recommend the one thing. The one thing? Oh, one thing. Yep. Because, because I think that the problem with the younger generation right now. Is that they're trying to do everything? They're trying to be everything to everyone. Yep. They're trying to do a few different things, and you don't need to do that. You need to be the best at one
2: thing. It's called a ten thousand hour rules. Yep. You not at a tipping point, you know, put in ten thousand hours in one fucking thing and be the best at it, and you make a lot of money. Don't put a thousand hours in here, thousand hours here, in a thousand hours here. Oh, this does not work. We do here. Don't half-ass a bunch of bunch of things. Go all in and fucking become the best in one thing. And and I see so many people. Get caught up in a shiny object syndrome. Yep. You know, you know, and oh, let me check this out. Let me check this out. Let me check this out. Don't do that. Do what you love to do. Become obsessed with that one thing that you want to do, and you're gonna make it fucking
1: I love it. I love it. So, so Sam, for for the people that are listening, that I want to obviously, I know that you have a podcast, and you have you put out a lot of content on social media. Like you said, you've been doing it for a year now, and you've built a massive brand. Where where can people follow you and get more engaged with what you're doing?
2: Cool man. Thank you so much for that. You know, obviously, I have Instagram. You know, at Sam Bachtiar, stuff B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R, you know, my website, www.sambakhtiar.com, or just Google my name, Sam Bachtiar, yep, yep. B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R, and you know, I'm, you know, and I did. And I, just like you do, I
3: mess I answer all my DMs, yep. you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty available. I love it. I love to be social, I love to, I love to be able to add value. And,
1: um, yeah, no, and I'll, and I'll make sure to link everything down below, man. But Sam, I just want to say again, thank you so much. And it's something where since the day we met and when we finally got connected in Los Angeles, man, I, I definitely look forward to building and growing with you. And I know my audience, I'm super glad that we got to to collaborate and have you on the show. Cause I've been following your content for a while and definitely means the world to me, man. So thank you so much for coming on.
3: Nothing but, nothing but respect for me, Casey. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you.